Hello and welcome to the 57th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them about how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Not a Hero by Roll7. Jake! Hi. Are you? Who are you, sir? What do you do? I'm lead artist on Not a Hero, and I mainly draw pictures and make animations. That's the dream job of all, isn't it? Absolutely. I used to do that when I was seven, <laughs> and, and onwards. Uh, uh, then I did a stupid thing I, I got in, entangled with a Lego set and that's the end of me as regards to what I do for a living but that's a discussion <laughs> for another time um, and yeah Lego Castle Drawbridge amazing that was the end oh, of me um, yeah so Jake Hollands you do graphic design and things like that how did you make your start doing that for video games and things uh, it was kind of almost accidental and a bit weird okay. um, they're the best yeah. stories yeah um i mean i only graduated from uni last year so where did you go where did you uh chelsea college of art and design okay and you read what i'm not sure if that's the word you did a degree did you or i don't know oh yeah well yeah i did a degree in graphic design yeah okay and uh like i was mainly focused on going into like advertising or i wanted to be like uh doing music videos and things like that but um in my final year of graphic design, I got so tired of the whole industry and just kind of thought, I don't want to do this. And um, Which industry is that? Sorry. Graphic design in general. It's, it's very <laughs> oversaturated at the moment. Like if you go into Shoreditch, you go into a cafe and say, who's a graphic designer? Like everyone's going to put their hands up. Wow. It's just kind of, it's, yes, yeah, it's, it's not a good place to be, I don't think. So, yeah, uh, I have a friend of mine who... Uh, we graduated about 25 years ago so yeah and he has his own practice now uh he's had you know, so he's going for quite a while but he got a first which is not impossible i don't know how he did that <laughs> i think he went to farnham or something like that um and uh he um his dad was a, a product designer so he did product design yeah for irons microwaves hi-fis that kind of stuff which is a form of graphic design, I think. You may disagree, but I think... Yeah, no, there's yeah. definitely like elements that come into yeah. it. Yeah. So, he, no, so I have some empathy with your view that it is a highly, highly competitive field Yeah. Um, that you have to really stand out on as a someone with talent, with a capital mm. T. I'm not saying you don't, far from it, because here you are, we're chatting, but you've, <laughs> you've, 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 you've became disillusioned in the final year, which is not unusual. In that, but you did finish your degree, which is not that usual. Uh, <laughs> no, it's true. It's there's a lot of fallout from that from that course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm sure you saw it. I mean, by the time you finished, how many was left? I don't know, but <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's quite sobering to see. Mm. So, how do you make your transition to, into flashy light video games from doing brochures for a shoe company? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I like I. It's really cheesy, but I saw indie game the movie. And, um, so you saw Phil Fish being insane, yes. and then he went, "You really are insane, aren't you?" Well, I actually I started researching Phil Fish, and I saw that he seemed to have quite a graphic design background, and um, that got me really excited. And I can't because when I was a kid, like most uh, young teenage boys, I really wanted to be a game designer, but um, it kind of seemed like an impossible dream, you know? Yeah, I mean, so I've said this to many, many um, interviewees, so but. 
the, the, the way the, the barrier of entry has dropped massively over the last three or four years. Yeah. Thanks to, I'm going to say, um, Unity or Unreal Engine mm. or all these engines and tools that basically say you don't need to know assembly anymore or have exactly. the brain the size of a planet that knows, you know, calculus inside <laughs> out. <laughs> And, you know, all this stuff, you don't need a massive maths brain to yeah. do game design or development anymore. That Unfortunately, there's still that perception. And I'm one of those that, that used to actually promote that view that, what, do you know assembly? Yes, then you can make video games. If you don't, please stop. There was that, there was that perception. But over the years, and that you found out, actually, no, I don't need to know all of that anymore. It's not this big a barrier you can actually there's these tools that actually make life a lot lot more simple yeah exactly okay so um yeah so you I, I, got inspired by phil fish and in <laughs> uh, which is quite you know i mean fez is a beautiful glorious piece of work absolutely made by an idiot uh, <laughs> not an idiot that's wrong but made by someone he's, who he's has just the, a loud person he's very loud he has the ego the size of belgium and that's okay <laughs> So uh, I, I still adore Feds for it. So I can see why that you know this this influence Italy plucks out into not a hero because it is a you know pixel art fat I call them fat pixels. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure it's the right word, but I love calling them big fat chunky pixels. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's what Feds and that's what Feds has. So sorry, I interrupted. Do carry on. <laughs> no. So um, with like that realization, I decided to just kind of research into making games and i found out the hotline miami was made in game maker and was it yeah yeah (laughs) it's insane it's one of my favorite games of all time sorry no offense to yourself obsessed with that for the last month so (laughs) okay this is achievable and um so started like just messing about in game maker and uh using all like the gml coding to like not be an ignorant artist sort of tried to anyway um i made some awful games like did lud and dare and all that and uh just figured because i was going to write about like uh graphic design's influence on the internet and things like that in my dissertation but i was like screw all of that screw my potential to succeed in this degree i'm going (laughs) to focus i'm just going to ignore the fact that i'm doing a graphic design degree and turn it into game design and I bet your lecturers loved you for that. Uh, it was a really good surprise because, like, I mean, I'd been really uh, promising up to that point and, like, working constantly on uni. But for my final year of uni, when I was meant to be focusing on work, I just kind of ditched all of it and did game stuff instead. So what happened? I mean, you... you... It went really well because um, <laughs> for the dissertation, yeah. I decided to look at how graphic design can assist games because, like, kind of doing my research on it, it looked like uh, a lot of game design doesn't really have too much good graphic design theory involved in it. You're right. I mean, I'm a layman layman when it comes to this thing, but there is, it's a bit, well, you know, you'd think it'd be better than it is. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's insane. (laughs) (laughs) It's, yeah. A highly visual thing, it'd be better, no... (laughs) Yeah, like whenever I'm talking to like another indie developer, if they ask kind of advice graphic design wise, the first thing I say is just pick up a book on typography and just fill yourself in on the foundations of it a little bit, and it'll just kind of boost 
a game so much, just understanding that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just what they call... I'm going to use the phrase now. You may actually hang up at this point. Um, <laughs> soft skills. It's that these skills that, you know, good grammar. Yeah, being able, yeah. to, being able to use a semicolon with authority, it's fine. <laughs> and it's important. All these things. Yes, you know, knowing how to make a game that's fun and entertaining. Well, I'll just use the F word, sorry. But knowing how to make a game that's actually <laughs> interactive and, you know, worthy of attention. That's great. But mm. there's all this other stuff. Um, that, that applies to it. So, but you obviously, so despite the fact you, you pretty much ignored the syllabus of your degree, they didn't seem to care. They were. They got really excited because um, <laughs> I guess they were kind of excited to see something new on the course. And, uh, oh, right. Yeah, so. So, I, so the person who's like guiding you for your dissertation, what were they saying? He literally said, I don't understand any of what you're saying, but just do it. <laughs> he just said it sounds like you know what you're doing just go for it and i was just kind of like okay cool and uh yeah so what was the dissertation on was it just like um, a game yeah uh no it was on uh kind of how graphic design does come into it so a lot of like symbology and semantics and i i looked at how kind of the theory of play can be brought into graphic design Brilliant. and i just got kind of really uh kind of pretentious of that i suppose in the sense that i kind of tried to explain how a poster can be looked at as a form as adaptive of adaptive play because you create this uh object and you kind of create a specific layout and through users having that poster they'll like fold it and those creases will highlight different areas of it and over time the poster will develop through use and potentially have a different meaning by the time the user throws it out Wow, just like yeah, just yeah, that's that's stupid kind of things like that. But. Part of my brain just leaked out my nose just then. But yeah, <laughs> that, that is kind of. I mean, I thought we were going to talk about. Well, no, it's a bit superficial. But um, you, you're familiar with NeoGAF, yes? That lovely forum yeah. that we try to not not go to, but sometimes we do. Uh, <laughs> NeoGAF has a tradition, and I mean a tradition, of making game box covers, mm. um, alternate alternative game box covers. Like, well, you know, here's what they officially did. Yeah. Here's what they could have done, <laughs> and uh, uh, that that to me is um, a, a glorious piece of like yeah, expression. Cool. <laughs> it is expression like, oh look at that! They could have done it that way, couldn't they? <laughs> uh, and but it's made by people who adore the game and really understand games. Yeah, but it's, so it's made for someone who already loves the game anyway, which yeah. is kind of defeating the purpose. <laughs> 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 but um, you know, because it only has it has uh, illustrations in it or, or nuances in it. Only a player of the game would understand. So, yeah, like, uh. kind of focus on the surface level stuff, then it can't have that kind of depth to someone no. that really wants it. Yes, that's, a, that's, that's a, a, yeah. So there you go. There's the artist coming out of you, just like <laughs> uh, trying to tease out the emotion of someone, uh, not not based on what their prior knowledge is, because these are things that are made after they've played the game maybe twenty times. Yeah, yeah. You know, so they really understand it. How can that talk to someone who knows nothing about it? Yeah. You get two different messages, don't they? So, <laughs> how very deep. Unusual for this show. <laughs> anyway, um, so you, you made your start at the, 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 making, uh, you know, you did a degree, and, but how did you actually get into game creation, into game development? How well, it was you... during research for that, um, I went to a London Indies meetup. Do you know London Indies? I went very well. Uh, uh, Christos, lovely man. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> 
<laughs> he and yeah, I so, have a well had a constant war <laughs> words for about eighteen months concerning Tom Nook. Oh yeah. You know Tom Nook the character from Animal Crossing. From Animal Crossing. Yeah. <laughs> I say he's the uh, uh devil incarnate. Yeah, I agree. He's an evil, evil, evil uh, raccoon, foul. And and Christos, Mr. Reed, he believes that this this creature is actually a benevolent, lovely creature. Like, what? <laughs> and he tries to defend his actions. I, I'd say he's, <laughs> he's just a guy doing his job. I wouldn't say he's lovely or anything. Well, I'm going to get... Because he's now conceded I was right. So... <laughs> 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 so let's move on so yeah, he, went, yeah. he went to London Indies which is a lovely gathering of independent, independent mm. developers in the big smoke and uh, so how did that pan out? Uh, I just got really drunk and ended up playing one of John's games uh, Ultra Neon Tactics if you know that one I can't remember it sorry this so it's like it's a prototype play it's not like oh okay no I don't so I just ended up playing that really drunk and really enjoyed it and uh was like asking him if he like made the typefaces himself and shit like that. Oh right. And um, I barely got any research done for my dissertation. I uh, just kind of got drunk instead. And then <laughs> in the morning, I emailed him just saying like, "Oh, can I have a build of that game to like research for my dissertation?" And uh, he ended up looking at my portfolio through that and just said, "Can you make me a logo for this game, not a hero?" And uh, I was like, sure. Then next thing I know, I was getting an email asking if I wanted to be a pixel artist, which I'd barely ever done pixel art before. <laughs> so that just terrified me. Like, I went into this interview and spoke to Simon, and um, he said, in a week, we'll give you a brief to do some pixel art. So I went home and immediately started, like, practicing pixel art to try and bluff my way into this game. <laughs> <laughs> You're being recorded. I'm just saying. It's all right. I've told them. I've told some of them the story. So uh, okay, so you're, you're, still gain, you're still gainfully employed. This is a good thing. <laughs> um, okay, well, you, for someone who has you know barely stumbled into the realm of pixel art, you've done an exceptional job with Thank Not you. a Hero. I'm not saying it because you're in an interview. I just genuinely believe that it's <laughs> it's the people look at pixel art and they go, oh, well, it's all 16-bit. Now, I know you've been in doing this for long enough now, knowing that that's not true. No. It looks like it, but if you actually try to run that on a 16-bit machine, you will bring it to its knees. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I don't care for a com- colour limit or anything like that. No, no, but it's, it's also, you know, the number of sprites and that sort of stuff, and it just starts, yeah. it, what happens is it, it slows down, and then it starts flickering violently. <laughs> it's just, it'll make your work worthless. Yeah. Work. I mean, I, I don't like even when people re- refer to it as retro graphics or anything. It's like not, that. it's not. It's, it's just, just low resolution. It's yeah. basically just art without anti-aliasing. It's that's fat, just yeah. all it is. Fat pixels. That's what I, <laughs> I, I love to describe because it makes fluid actions and very. You can see every movement and the animation is very precise, and you can yeah. see where every pixel. It's not actual because if it was the actual pixels, there would be teeny tiny things, <laughs> big big fat ones and you can see and it's lovely and I, I think it works very very well with not a hero thanks so what are your biggest influences do you think Ooh. as a creator uh it would quite largely be graphic designers and filmmakers actually i think mm-hmm. so just to their output anyone anyone particular that you can pluck out and then cite their work to us uh, my absolute favorite has always been stefan sagmeister and brilliant his- name 
fantastic name. So he's already won on that score. <laughs> how else? How else does he win in the graphic design part department? What has he done? That uh, he's always know? been very ballsy with what he does. Like he doesn't kind of base anything explicitly on things that exist. He just kind of does says this is the way this should be done, and every piece of his design uh, is sort of made to not with the purpose of, with, of offending someone, but it will usually offend someone like he uh he got an intern once to for a poster he got an intern to get a scalpel and cut all of the type into stefan's body and then like photographed himself and that just pissed off so many people <laughs> <laughs> but um it's largely that most of his design contains a kind of initial idea of what it is and then a reveal if that makes any sense okay so, so it's, you thought it was this. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this. well, there's the, there's this business card that he made, for example, where it's got two twisted up pieces of string on each side, and uh, on one side you've got like one word, and then on the other you've got another, and it doesn't really make any sense. But as you pull the string, it spins the business card so fast these two words come together to create something else. Wow. Through, through like blurring from spinning so yeah, fast. Yeah, yeah. Old method of animating things, you know. Yeah, yeah. So like, I guess that kind of design is what uh, I've always tried to use in most of my work. The idea of having an initial idea and a reveal. I haven't actually done it in Not A Hero, I don't think. But um, I haven't been on Not A Hero since the start, so. You haven't? No, no. Okay, so you came along to to, to fix things afterwards. Sort of, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fix to make things look even more awesome than it already was. Because, like I said, <laughs> you almost had a pretty much a blank canvas, didn't you, really? To, to... Uh, yeah, sort of. I mean, it was already built on things like having to use a 30 by 30 grid and uh, how far zoomed in on it, it was, things like that, I already decided, yeah. Okay, so... Anyone else? I mean, anything, anyone you think you'd like you, that plucks? Uh, yeah. Do, do, uh, do you know? Well, in terms of game designers, actually, have you heard of Ben Esposito? I think that's how you pronounce his name. Probably no. Tora Horse on Twitter. What's he? What's he done? He's done. Oh, I need to. Pale Machine was one of them. Right. And, um, Donut Country or County? Donut County? No, I don't know either of those, but they sound fascinating. I'll be checking them out after this show. But... They're just kind of a silly little game. So uh, Pale Machine, for example, it's almost like a music video that you kind of play. Okay. Um, where you literally just get like the arrow keys and it's like use these to like wobble these plant parts and then it like cuts to the next scene and it's like use was to like open and close this mouth and shit like that. There's like... There's no objective of this thing. It's just kind of messing about. Okay. Uh, it's just ridiculous experimental stuff. But again, it's just like kind of really beautiful color schemes, awesome, crazy, very trippy 3D, things like that. Okay. And of course, the biggest influence might be recently be Mr. Fish. <laughs> Indirectly. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, he's insane, but he did pixel art. Look all the Because he redid <laughs> the pixel art three times, I think. Yeah, well, I think it's, yeah, yeah, like, looking at the older ones, it's, like, they're not that different, but then just the changes make so much of a difference. Yeah, he really went on the textures, didn't he? He really focused on the textures. Yeah, yeah. He realised that his first textures, when he did it originally, 
were rubbish compared to the later ones he was doing. So then exactly. he had to go back to the original ones. Did you ever find that problem? With- I think that's a problem in every game, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like kind you- of realising when to kind of call it done. Yeah, it's well, <laughs> absolutely. It's like um, the, the concept of good enough mm. is, is hard to hard to stomach for a lot of developers. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think Roll Seven has that problem. Um, I think you generally have an understanding of when something is good enough. Yeah, luckily we have Simon who just kind of says, "No, you're not redoing that." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. no. Why? Because you want to finish the game. Why? <laughs> I want to feed my children and me. Oh, okay. (laughs) That's fair enough. So what developer do you most admire in the industry and why? And I suspect it's not Polytron. (laughs) Uh, No, I I want to, but no. (laughs) (laughs) Because then it would be like the Phil Fish freaking sort of loving, which no one wants because he's, you know, he stomped off in a huff. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, go on. But I, I would say anything to get a Fez too, though. <laughs> yeah, so we would, but you know that's not going to happen. So. <laughs> but uh, it would probably be, as of very recently, um, us two or uh, Cappy, I guess. Okay. Because I'm a sucker for Monument Valley so bad. Oh, Monument Valley is a glorious game. I tried to get one on the show, but it's really hard to get hold of them. Oh really? Yeah, I'll have to try like, try again because yeah, I love sure it. Like they're they're yeah. cool guys, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I love the I love the game. I I don't, I, I actually ripped through it. Unfortunately, I know I shouldn't say it about that game. <laughs> it's something it's something you'd savor, but I kept on going and going and going, and then I went, yeah. oh what is that it? Yeah, <laughs> but I know. <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> yeah, because uh, it's... on my final project at uni, I made like a Unity game, kind of inspired by it, using a controller that i built and stuff like that oh lovely and um just like i decided to do a little bit you know use that as a piece of inspirational research but i ended up like sitting there just for hours playing it when i should have been working and just getting distracted by it. it's so good it's uh it if you're really good at everyone listening monument value you don't know about it, it must be living in a box but it's a fantastic little 3d game it uses isha like inspired stuff um, of you know 3D spatial awareness. If you're if you're really good with 3D spatial awareness, and like Rubik's Cube is like you can do it in your sleep, you will do this in seconds <laughs> uh, because it's that kind of it, it. It goes at that part of my brain. That's why I demolished it. It's like oh yeah, I'll do this. Oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a very easy game. Yeah, it it is, especially if you're good at like I said, understanding what's up, what's down, and what isn't up and what isn't down, and. Uh, and also, it changes as it goes, as it rotates. Glorious, glorious game. I played it on my 5S, and uh, yes, I think it thanked me afterwards. <laughs> so, my favourite question, and you know this because you listen to the show. He does, everyone, I know. He's the other listener, <laughs> as well as my mother. Um, I'm joking. What are you playing right now? What are you, what are you diverting? What's, what's keeping you away from doing the art for Not A Hero? Um, I've it, it sucks, but I'm I'm stuck in being obsessed with Hearthstone. Really? Yeah. Are you I part of the problem? That Jake, are you part of the problem? I'm part like... of the problem. <laughs> I I've even put money into it. <laughs> That's not you see free to play. I really struggle with free to play because I am exceptionally old. Yeah. Well, not exceptionally old, but <laughs> I mean, if you know, I wrote an article about Oli Oli Two, oh, yeah. saying that. 
I can't play it very well because I'm. Oh yeah, no, I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, because of my my hand to eye coordination is very, it's deteriorated over time. So it's a bit like me sort of pressing on a thumb on a button. So could you press the button? What? Could, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm a bit. What button? The one you're resting on. Well, this one. Yes. <laughs> so that's basically my my brain talking my thumb. It takes that long to do. Um, so, um, what was my point? Yes. So. <laughs> Uh, you're, you're talking about the Hearthstone and yeah, we're yeah. talking about sort of free-to-play games. For me, I don't know how much money to put into free-to-play games Yeah, because I'm very much of someone who's used to going into a shop, buying a game, walking out with it, and, and, and you know, because I bought it as an outstanding cost. Whereas a free-to-play, you don't know how much to give. Is it 20 pence, 400 pounds, somewhere in between? I don't know. And, uh, you know, I've put this developers on free to play and they go, I don't know, 10 bucks maybe, five bucks? Like, what does that mean? So, how much, what did you pay for in Hearthstone? And then we'll ask you what, what drives you to play that game so much. Uh, so, well, how much? Can you tell me? It's probably a bit yeah, more, yeah, I, I yeah. Can tell you. Um, yeah. It was, so I, I like went ages saying, just like, I'm not going to put any money into this. But then, because uh, my brother was playing it too and he was just like, should we just buy 40 packs just once for fun and i was like yeah okay so that's uh it's one pound a pack so it's 40 pound and um we just dropped that on it and it was just like it was just fucking glorious it was like it was like when you were a kid and we we over into like Yu-Gi-Oh or pokemon or that kind of stuff um again i'm very old so um it would be the best equivalent would be magic the original yeah. uh, <laughs> I, I did play that a little bit but i actually can't play it anymore because uh, a it's too expensive and b I just don't like the overall mechanics of magic. I know yeah. the horror of people. I hear the wailing in the background now, but I actually prefer <laughs> the World of Warcraft uh, collectible card game, which is oh, yeah. exactly the same as Hearthstone, which is why it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Uh, Blizzard basically pulled support from the card game and mm. turned it into the digital version. So. What you're playing, what everyone's been going, oh, it's great. I said, I know. <laughs> it's the same game we've been playing for 10 years. Never mind. So I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those like old curmudgeons going, I know. It's great, isn't it? Yes, I know. So I love one of, well, one of the things that really draws me to Hearthstone is it sounds a bit superficial, but I don't think as a designer you'd understand this as a graphic designer. It is beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I've never been a fan of, blizzard's aesthetic but it's more but, the feel that they create through like yes. dropping cards and things like that like i don't like the way that things look i just like no. the way they all feels i think on a more intellectual level i was, I was referring to it is our beauty's in the eye of the beholder absolutely but i was more intrigued about how you felt about the animations and yeah. the transitions and obviously yes you you big thumbs up for those yeah, it's like like they they push the idea a lot that um, they kind of create it so that although you're doing it all digitally, it kind of feels like you're using these cards. Yeah. So the audio, video, visual fee, um, feedback is very strong. Isn't exactly. It? Yeah, yeah. Very strong. Which I know. Yeah, you're right. Blizzard has a very Blizzardy style to it, which they will never. Every game suffers from, <laughs> or, or is or sports. Every whether regardless of whether it's a Space Marine or an Orc. They still pretty much look the same. It's like this kind of bad comic cartoon kind of thing. Yeah, and I can't. I think they're lumbered with it. 
I actually genuinely believe they are now lumbered with this art style and because they made it and there's nothing they can do. I'm sure the artists in there are pulling their hair out going, can we? No, because they've probably got this massive manual of you know what they can make yeah. and what everything can look like. And it's like, what is that? Well, that's our manual. You've got to read that before you start working. <laughs> Follow the brand. Follow the brand. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, ha- I have been playing less cringy games though as well. Well, no, I'm not saying Hearthstone's a cringy game, it's, it's just a good game. Well, while I was at uh, PAX the other month, I picked up Bubble Bubble, because that was like my favourite game as a kid. But, but, so, on what? Is it on, uh, Bubble Bubble or Bubble Bubble? Bubble Bubble. Oh, that one. Okay. That's a real old one. <laughs> so what did you play? What, sorry, what were you playing on the NES? Yes, yeah, on the NES. All right. So you have an American NES, do you, or...? I I did have an English one of my parents, but I didn't right. have the heart to take it away from them when I moved out. No. So <laughs> I bought, I did buy one at, oh, what's it called? RGB or something in South London, I think. Oh, no, yes, in Streatham. Lovely place. Yeah, yeah. And um, they had, like, hacked it, whatever you call it, so that... Yeah, you, so you can put American... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. How yeah. did you find PAX, by the way? It's great, isn't it? It's your first one, must have been. Yeah, it was my... I mean, I've been to other expos, but that was my first PAX. It was awesome. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was just great to, like... I mean, I know it sounds so cheesy, but it's awesome talking to the players and, like, meeting them and stuff. Like, yeah. I signed my first shirt. That was amazing. <laughs> it was crazy. I was freaking out. Yeah, because Americans generally... Be, I mean, what, what John told me, he said, oh, yes, it's... Uh, they're much more polite. They go, thanks for letting me play your game. Yeah. And yet the British go, yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they just slink off. Don't you know, contact. They give you, they give you a scowl, like, what do you want? Get out of the way, I'm going to Bud <laughs> or something. You know, and they go marching off, uh, which is, you know, it's sad. But, yeah, I'm glad you I, – I, I didn't go to PAX East this year. Uh, I'm probably going to Prime, though. Um, yeah, I'm going to go to Prime. But uh, East wasn't for me this year. But uh, no, I'm glad you had a great time. Did you see anything else while, while you were there? Uh, I don't. I, I like when I go to Xbox, I, I obsess over just standing at my booth and like oh, right. watching people play the game. Yeah. Um, um, East is yeah. an extraordinary thing because they have a massive tabletop area as well. Oh, really? Yeah, it's just huge. It's just as big. Yeah, I didn't even know that. <laughs> it's just as big, if not bigger, than the video game area. Seriously. Yeah. It's just table after it's like a it's an airport hangar of an aircraft hangar i should say of tables mm. it's just filled with people playing various board games and and even warhammer which is you know it's, <laughs> it's their own but it's, 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 i almost got into warhammer again recently but no, uh, let's, let's move away from that yeah we'll, we'll, we'll sign off on saying look if you get a tape measure out stop <laughs> unless you're doing some measuring for some shells that's fine <laughs> but if you're about to play a game with a tape measure, you need to think about your life decisions. <laughs> <laughs> so, anything else you want to talk about before we move on to Not a Hero? Uh, don't know. I'm, I'm... No games you've been playing, not generally. That would be terrible. But no. <laughs> what, what other games? Anything else? I mean. Uh, so, no, I've just been like looking at ones that have been visually interesting that I can't play yet. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. So, that's it for the first half. Relatively painless. Well done, that man. Takes two to the first half and he's still alive. Yeah. Yay! Let us move on to the second half where we talk about not a hero. 
So, what's a hero? Tell us, what is it? What is it about? Uh, I've kind of ended up describing it as a cover-based, politically accurate, colourful, marketing-slash-murder simulator shooter. It is a bit of a murder simulator, isn't it? A little bit, but I think that's better than it being a killing simulator, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are clearing up the streets, aren't you? So, yeah, yeah. it's a 2.25D yes. visual style. There's a has a name, doesn't it? ISO something. ISO. Yeah, ISO slants. ISO slants. Our, our partners in uh, revolutionary visual technology. Yeah, brought to you an amazing ISO slants. Exactly. Yeah, uh, and you can have those big sort of letters across that they used to do. <laughs> um, you know the one we talked about type fonts earlier. So yeah, it's, it's big. Anyway, in the 1950s, brought to you an amazing color or something. Like that. <laughs> um, now, so. Uh, what is it? How did the game? I know you've already started recently, but I don't, well, maybe you could tell us. Was that two point two five D always there? I suspect it was, and no. did it? It wasn't. No. So was did that come about to um, give? Um, uh, was it always? Well, did it come about to create the cover mechanic? Yeah, it, well, it was to assist it because it wasn't really clear, too clear when you're in cover. Oh, right. So I figured that if you kind of are tech, on a platformer kind of thing, if you're meant to be moving on the third axis, is that the one? So, you know, you're going backwards and forwards. Yes. You need a way to know that. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't really present before. So we kind of did that, yeah. So it's a relatively late development, uh, or about a third of the way in, maybe, or is it something that something like that? I mean, John John was working on the game since 2012, I think, but um, that was mainly alongside Ali Ali, so he kind of basically didn't touch it for most of that time. No, okay. And then when Ali Ali came out last January, that's when I was brought on. We worked on it full time, so it was kind of uh, I was brought on, I guess, just after the prototype. Okay. So I think you've done a fantastic job of giving that impression of someone receding into the background. Was that basically what well, can you talk us through that? What what was that? Was it um basically changing the, the brilliance of the pixels as it goes? Is that how it works or just being It was sick? kind of trying to work out how to squeeze perspective into a grid that was built for a 2D game. Yes. <laughs> so it got very weird quite quickly. We um we actually experimented with uh having it so that when you're in a room you can see uh all three walls, obviously not the one you're looking through. Uh so you can see the one at the back, the left wall and the right wall and you can see the floor and the ceiling, so it's like a fisheye lens if you get what I mean. Right. Okay. And uh, we would like look to like having that on every room, and it just kind of starts to get into like weird antechamber kind of screwed up perspective confusion. <laughs> and uh, so we kind of experimented with other things, and ended up with yeah that ISO slant uh, angle to kind of that's what worked best to communicate that. Yeah. So okay, now the player, the character you're controlling one of nine, um, is very fragile. You know, they, they, they will die within two or three hits of a bullet, which you would expect from most people. Yeah, yeah. You know. 
Do you think this drives the urgency and speed of Not a Hero? I think so, but it also means that when you do get overwhelmed, it does kind of force you to stay in cover and take a breather so your health can regenerate. And also the reload mechanic is very important. because it's... Yeah, yeah, like picking when you reload is really uh, important, yeah. Yeah, because the whole, normally, what I would tend to do is between each engagement, I would reload. Yeah. Because that's what you do in FPSs, right? With FPSs yeah. that have reloads mechanics... That's what you do. You once you've had an engagement, you reload and then carry on. Um, doesn't really work for here. <laughs> um, did you see the special bullet types as well? Yes, I did. Yes. So when you reload, you lose that as well. Exactly. So, so you get one of those. You've got to use it efficiently and resist reloading. I did find that with um, I was talking with a friend at Rezd, who's mm. being shown, and I walked over and I dragged him over to the booth. Said, "You need to play this now more than anything." <laughs> you sat, I sat him down. I said, "Oh, you got special bullets. Don't reload. Don't." And he almost reloaded. I said, "No, no, don't, don't, don't," because he was firing lasers and stuff and vaporizing. Yeah. Like, don't, don't. It's overpowered anyway. Just, just. <laughs> so, you know, don't hit reload. And he he got into it. And uh, this is really, I think that's what I find. It's um, I'm not that great at it, but it does allow for a good pace of play where you can actually think through things and say, well. They're down there. I can either jump through the window and surprise them, or I can sneak around and take pot shots at them. Yeah. Um, it all depends how I felt, which way I did it. Sometimes I wanted to be, you know, all guns are blazing, smashing through windows. But sometimes I wanted to creep around. Uh, but the game does allow you to do that. And there's also little secrets everywhere, isn't there? That was quite funny. Yeah. Um, he's like, what's that? I missed it now. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, it's like, I could have done better, but I'm down here now. I'm not going, never mind. Um, so the presentation we've spoken at length about the pixel art and fluid animations um, and you know it's it's accompanied with very atmospheric sound effects yeah. and the exceptional voice work absolutely um, how I want to ask you because you've been probably one of the driving forces behind this as well as the rest of the team but how has that evolved over time how has it developed over time? Oh, the you, audio and yeah, just the 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 outward the, the outwardly presentation of Not a Hero. How has that evolved, and how was it driven to a point where it is now? Well, for a, a long time, are we, are we just talking audio here? Is that right? So you can do audio, but you can do visuals as well. But let's do okay. audio, and then we can do visuals. It's a big yeah, well, it's a big umbrella question. I wish I wouldn't written it, but it's. I just wanted to get that out of you. Yeah, um, well, audio was like, I mean, originally it was like all placeholders up until I think like November or something. Okay. And um, then we brought on uh, Guy uh, Cockcroft, who uh, is fantastic. He's uh, just kind of gone through the whole game, slowly replacing sound by sound over the last couple of months. And uh, yeah, watching that kind of come in has just completely changed the game. Yes. Kind of from this kind of, yeah, it feels like sort of, it still had that kind of prototype feel to it. But as those sounds have been replaced, it's like everything you do just kind of has this reaction. It's changed that. And the voices just kind of brought the characters to life for me, especially since we decided to keep most of them kind of Britain-based. Yeah, that's interesting. It's all They're all British. Yeah, well, um, it's about Spanish, dude. But. Yeah, and isn't there, <laughs> isn't there a, like a, someone from the Deep South with a double barrel shotgun? Um, he's got he's, um, Cletus. 
Yeah. Yeah, he's well, he's he's English. Yeah. With a, but he's trying to put on a Scottish accent. Yeah. <laughs> and he dresses like a redneck. He does. Yeah, it's all very confusing. It was the game was originally based in America, hence that character. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Well, we can't change it now. We'll just leave. It. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay, so the, and the the voice work is done by comedians. I understand. Is that right? Yeah, I I haven't got their names, unfortunately. Um, I really should. No. I wasn't too involved in that side of things. It was uh, John and Simon went to the studio with them, right? And, um, just recorded everything in one day. That's amazing, and they which just, is awesome. They, they ad libbed a lot, apparently. So yeah, yeah, just do whatever you want to do. Oh God, this, okay, we should accept <laughs> that. And the visuals then. Um, that you had a, a a basic framework to work within. So, how did all these nine characters, and of course, the Bunny Lord and his van, come into being? It was a lot of kind of uh, a lot of the characters were designed by John, and I sort of was scared to touch them and change them. And uh, eventually, I did convince him and just kind of edited the colours to work with the colour palette in the whole game. Yes, thing. but um, it had to be very contrasting because there's a there's a purple hue to a lot of the, <laughs> yeah. the, the visuals. Well, that's just the first world. Like we're going, I, I did change colour palette eventually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, from what I played is the purple hue. I'm sure colours elsewhere. There's, but, you there's know, green later. Yay! Uh, <laughs> but no, the actual characters you play are very bright, aren't they? They're very con- contrasting. They've got all sorts of yeah. wonderful co- colours and lots of animation to them. Yeah, and it was just kind of as we created them, there wasn't really a distinct plan with them beforehand. It was kind of, as we did it, we kind of started to get an idea of what this character was. Like, uh, Ronald Justice is a good example. Right. Did you play as him at all? I probably did. What did he look like? Sorry, what, sorry? Superhero kind of guy? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, so we've got this guy that, he was called the Fist of Justice. And, right. Um, he was, like, he kind of looked like the Flash. But we decided to kind of change him to be this kind of more funny character rather than based on any specific superhero. And so, have you ever seen the film? I think it's called Super. No, sorry. It's this one about this kind of like, uh, sort of almost retarded superhero dude. Like, he's (laughs) just, he's your average guy, but he wants to be a superhero. So he like, like he starts his kind of superhero career by there's this guy dealing weed on the corner and uh, he picks up a cinder block and like, climbs to the top of this building and just drops it on this guy. <laughs> and like this guy just gets splattered and he's just like, that's for dealing drugs. And it's just like a completely screwed up movie. So we just thought, we want this superhero to just kind of be a bit of an arsehole. <laughs> and stupid. And um, so it starts off with that. And I kind of drew this guy that like, he kind of looks like he just wrapped himself in a kind of uh, Union Jack with the idea that doing that makes it so that murder is justified. Right. Because okay. you're doing it for the country. So, yes. like, for kind of doing that, when the voice acting came in, he became this old man instead. So he's now kind of like a Brian Blessed kind of character. Right. And um, he's kind of like got Alzheimer's, kind of that thing. And um, from there it kind of that led to tweaking Warpix's art and animations to kind of emphasizing that side of him like he gets kind of out of breath sometimes things like that so it's just kind of yeah i thought that character development was quite uh eventful oh 
Okay. Um, my final question. I know it's it's sad. All the interviews have to come <laughs> to an end, and this one is coming to an end. But um, I'm going to have to ask this, and it seems a bit superficial, but I'm going to ask it anyway. What is it with the quite frankly bonkers story of the time travelling sentient rabbit known as Bunny Lord? What, what is this? What <laughs> was this one of those drunkard indie game nights that you thought, well, we'll just do this? I think. It was Bunny Lord is the embodiment of John's personality. <laughs> it's just, <laughs> but actually, well, no, because we 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 do take Bunny Lord to be like this kind of, uh, we've got this kind of side story going with him where we might some players might pick up on where you kind of realise that he's a bit dark and, uh. He starts kind of question, you know, do I want to help this dude? Like he's fully murdering people. Yes, I mean that's <laughs> so the thing. In that sense, he's not like John. But <laughs> just to give everyone an understanding, this is the story. Um, you are one of controlling one of nine characters at any one time, yeah. And you've been recruited by the Bunny Lord, who is from the future. Yep. Um, so, and he is sentient. So he's a large <laughs> rabbit, semi-sentient, semi-sentient rabbit. That um, declares that he wants to make wants, needs to be the mayor of the city, within which is you know the Lottie Hero is set, and in order to do that, he has to be elected. If he's not elected, then the world will come to an end. Yeah, and um, he's tried it like he's come back in time five hundred and something times to kind of try to stop the world from ending. He's yeah. tried like everything. It turns out that becoming mayor is the only way that the world can be saved. Yeah. The entire world. Yeah. Not just the city, the entire planet. No, and somehow this city is the source of whatever ends the world. Yeah, and the the way he does the way he becomes elected is rather than campaigning and, and, and coaching for votes, he decides to eradicate the city of all its crime lords, at least that's what he It's the most efficient way to uh, get elected. <laughs> Apparently so. And that's it. That's 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 politics, everyone. <laughs> Forget question time and Prime Ministers and, and, and opposition. We really just wanted to emphasise how important the story in a game is. You do, and you've <laughs> done that. Without any hint of irony or sarcasm. It's just all there. People so, don't just want to murder people. That's no, what it's about. They want a purpose. It's not all about higher score. It's about saving the world. Exactly. So you're saying that this is a product of John's personality? Yeah, well, B- Bunny Lord is. Um, right. The whole story is yeah. uh, kind of what's happened. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just happened. It's right. there. It's there. <laughs> Make of it what you will. Yeah. Um, well, that's it then, Jake. The game uh, is not a hero. It's coming out on PlayStation 4, right? Uh, yeah, and PC, PC stuff like that. So, is it Windows, Mac, and Linux, or just Windows? I can't. It's remember. Windows uh, when it first comes out, May seventh, and then later in the year, I think it'll be Mac, uh, PlayStation Four, PlayStation Vita, maybe more. Oh, yeah, Linux as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Perhaps more platforms following that. I don't know the exact details on that, but no. But we do know it's on PlayStation platforms, and but initially on PC, Windows. Yes. So while after you've been to the voting booth, do go and to Steam and download Not a Hero because you need to because you you know forget about you know the results. This is this is what you need to be watching or doing. Exactly. 
And feel free to vote for Bunny Lord in the election. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know if that'll go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, we, the world needs to be saved. <laughs> so, uh, Jake, you've been a fantastic guest. You've been very honest and open, and uh, it's been great chatting to you. I do Thank wish you, you the too. best of luck uh, in your future endeavours, whatever they may be. And, um, yeah, I'd love to have you back on when you chat about a new game that Roll7 are doing. Awesome, yeah. And so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there. You just look up the Sausage Factory and you can find us. That'd be great. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris O'Regan, no apostrophes. And uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show, or actually you're a developer, you listen to the show and want your game featured on it, please do email me at chris at spong.com. Bye!